We are Squawking Dead, a podcast pulverizing episodes beyond the Walking Dead universe. Sometimes we give you news, sometimes we make you laugh, but most times we go deep. I'm your host, David Cameo, and I'm joined by Cosmo09, Rachel Burt, Sharon D, aka Blazy Gardner, and Bridget, ko-fi.com slash punkybrewster, that's P-U-N-K-Y-B-R-U-I-S-E-T-E-R. And we're here to talk about The Last of Us's seventh episode of its first inaugural season, titled Left Behind. But hi, everybody. No, you're not late. We just got on right now, Takira, so... We are live with you right now, and yes, we were talking about this episode of The Last of Us. We're like, and, uh, are you surprised? <laughs> well, we're not that. We're not that bad. We've been we've been keeping it pretty pretty tight. This is probably the latest we've been since we've gone live. And you know what? I'm I'm kind of surprised at how well these episodes have turned out, considering the fact that we've got we've been going live and we haven't gone live that much until I have to say, since I think season ten of The Walking Dead, the early episodes, we kind of just changed our format around them because we we did a Kofi account and then we decided to have people on with us or in the chat in the real time chat and do pre recorded episodes to try to increase the quality, I guess. And we were still using Zoom back then, by the way. Case in point, like I was listening to one of our old episodes. And I'm like, this show is great. And it, and it kills him. It just kills oh, him. Oh, Zoom is, Zoom is awful. I can never go back, baby. Oh, hey, Zainab. Hey, she got my Zainab. invite. I, I invited her to oh, tonight's. Uh, oh, thank you, Zainab. She says the quality is amazing. I appreciate that. It's a 1080p yes. stream. We've come a long way since using Zoom. And, yes, you uh, can tell we're not using Zoom because <laughs> the quality is decent. If you missed our reaction live stream, well, where were you? You just watched the episode on HBO on Sunday nights and didn't hop on to our live stream reaction that we've been shortening for the sake of our sanity. <laughs> the last two reactions were roughly about a half an hour each. We try to keep it tight. We try to keep it focused on you and your thoughts and your insights so that we can react to those mostly. And we had some fun. I think the last two, because we kept it tight, were pretty fun and funny and light and not as heavy as these breakdowns. So I like it. So no impressions. If you want impressions, go to the last video. Make like a tree and get the hell out of here. Or, or you could stay. It's fine. We'll, we'll see what we can do. So my impressions don't matter because I wasn't there. No, which that was sad <laughs> because you were ready actually on yep. Sunday night to be able to join us. And it's like, but wait, I have no way to watch it. <laughs> I actually have a question. I should have asked this very early on Sunday, mm -hmm. but do, does HBO Max like post yes. the episode right at nine? Okay, oh, you can watch it. Fuck me. Uh, okay. You can watch it live on it. HBO Max too. I have, to, I have wait, HBO Max. How? I have oh, HBO Max boy. through Amazon. So, uh -huh. and Amazon doesn't, well, at least the last couple times they haven't post, they post the episode, but you can't watch it. You have to watch the live stream. Yeah. I just it's always, have it's HBO always Max. Preferable. Yeah. That's what I have too. If you go to Last of Us right at nine, it just shows up. Yeah. <sighs> Yeah. All right. But, so epic fail. I 100% could have been there. <laughs> but like with anything, uh, so HBO Max has it. AMC has it. If you do have AMC Plus and if you do have HBO Max, you do have the live channel, which you should be using anyway, because that's what people see on the outside world right when it premieres. So it's better because you don't deal with some of the streaming issues that we've been having. Bridget, I think you said it wasn't just wasn't working. You could even log on or something. It's because I got on at 901. It was my mistake. We watch it live on our through our TV and mm -hmm. I go on like half an hour early and have it playing mm -hmm. because otherwise there's no way. I usually way go on like five minutes early to make sure that it shows up yeah. right mm -hmm. away and I can click on it. So there's like because a everybody streaming is streaming it. section in HBO Max or? Yeah. Apparently, yes. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> 
Okay. <laughs> so I had an idea, actually. I thought maybe we could maybe do a live watch of the episode via like Zoom so that we can all show up on the reaction episode and we can open that up to others in our Kofi and Patreon. So if you stay tuned, maybe we can try that out next week for episode eight. And if you are a member of our Kofi or Patreon, which is ko-fi.com slash or patreon.com slash dead, just follow for now and until we post the details for our probably going to be have to be a whispers and survivors to your member only perk. So Takira, you're in. <laughs> I mean, not you're in, but you are in <laughs> that membership. You're, you're in. in. We make the distinction. So we're going to try that out for next week. And the puns begin. Mm-hmm. I was just thinking, like, here we go. <laughs> oh, so I have a I have one for you. So what do you call an alligator in a vest? An investigator. You Thank you. Boom. That was the <laughs> oh! <laughs> Thanks, Sharon. You took my cue. Because I was like, they didn't finish it. And I was like, well, what the, why did the alligator wear a vest? And then I looked it up. <laughs> For Rachel. So. Well, I want to know. Do you know that's one of the mysteries they never solved on Game of Thrones was the conclusion to the joke about the prostitute and the donkey and the honeycomb that Tyrion starts to tell and then he never finishes. Is it not a real joke? I, I think that's the joke, isn't it? Because like you kind of have to you yeah. kind of figure it out. Joke. Nope. <laughs> it's like what is it what was it is the big lebowski which one was the joke that did had a beginning and an end but no middle rector damn near damn near killed her rectum rector damn near, damn near killed her anyway as far as this episode goes continuing the theme of what sharon D said in our reaction stream on sunday night right after the episode which you should attend because it's great i noticed a lot more of the presence of the blue and red makes purple analogy but then when you expand that i saw basically two sides of the same coin in the different iterations of those not streams necessarily, but just two sides, not like black and white, good and evil, but more like, well, there's this theory, this thought, and then there's this thought. In the last episode, we had, well, some people wanted to own everything, which is an extreme, which is not really true. And some people wanted people to own nothing, which is also kind of an extreme, but mm, here you go. But it's not necessarily good or bad. They both can be taken to mean positive or negative things. It's just a different way of thinking, right? So you've got Fedra and you've got the Fireflies in this episode heavily vying for these kids support. And the one thing that I kind of noticed was, is nobody going to talk about how both the Fireflies and Fedra employ children at a young age as soldiers? Is nobody going to talk about this? But it makes sense, right? Because if you get them while they're young and this is the only world they know and you have them adopt a cause from their forebears, they don't know the world before. It's called indoctrination. Right. <laughs> but it's it's smart and yet also kind of like, what the fuck? <laughs> this is terrifying. I mean, evil, but smart. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Because Because all they know is this world. If you convince them to adopt something or an idea or fight for the world before, something they have no idea about. And it it really hit me. I know I jokingly talked about how, what the hell are these girls doing? Jumping jumping from roofs to roofs. Like This is terrifying. But then you realize (laughs) that's their world. That's what they do for fun. That's what kids do. They're not afraid of death. They don't know what it is. They're looking at the dead guy falling through the floor and and Ellie starts bursting into laughter because that's their life. It's so interesting to see how it makes sense that they would take advantage of these kids that have nothing to do with the world before and just use it as fodder, use them as fodder for something they have no idea about. And it's evident because it's not like Ellie wants to be a part of Fedra this way or that, or Riley part of the Fireflies this way or that. But at least as far as Riley goes, they made her feel like she belonged as Fedra didn't. And as far as Ellie
really goes, Captain Kwong had a really good sell about just making her feel like she was special or important, relevant, something that maybe she never felt before. Anybody want to continue that theme of like the different sides and how they play with each other and they make the color purple basically throughout this episode? Because Riley's wearing blue and, and Ellie's wearing red for the most part. But that would be why there was purple around Victoria's Secret. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody making not babies. But anyway. oh, I guess I was more focused on Riley's green headband. Mm. That was the color. And the I green saw. walls too yeah. as they entered the mall. Something else. I just didn't know what that meant too. I was fixated on it. It looked like it used to be a t-shirt and then someone tore it up and wrapped it around her hair and I, I don't, that's all I, that's all I could focus on. It's one on. of those things. That's it's one got, of those folks, things from, from Survivor. Do you remember they used to sell those things from, what the oh, hell the, um, They're like the, oh, like the bandos or whatever. I have one of those too. They're like, they have like a very specific name. Yeah. I no, they, they had like a specific name for the Survivor ones. They were, it was a weird name. I don't but you can make them into like all anyway. different things like balaclavas and like yeah. neck wraps and then head wraps and stuff like that. I have Wasn't it a bando? Too. I thought they were called bandos. Maybe. It might as well be. Takira says, Rachel, we always have the same hoodie on. <laughs> <laughs> Lois says, ooh, how cool. Well, you're cool, Lo- Lois. Thomas says, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> well, because in case you missed it, the reaction video, Thomas was all uh, uh, aghast at how terrible this episode was, too, by the way. Mitchell says, I have to save some money so I can't join a membership again. Ooh, I'm sorry, Mitchell. But that's okay. We know you love us. In fact, you know how much I know you know, you love us? I got your birthday card today. <laughs> and he says, I says, your day should be happy. Your day should be fun. And then he writes a note and he says, Dave, wishing, this is what the card says. If wishing can do it, consider it done. Happy birthday. Have a great day. Mitchell, I'm going to read your card out because I love you. And uh, you probably hate me for doing this, but he says, Dave, happy birthday. Hope you have a great day. You deserve it. I'm glad I'm able to call you friend. I also like how you accepted me into into the friend group. Squawking Dead is awesome. Keep up the great work. I like how I'm part of it. Yeah, you're our producer in my own way. Happy birthday <laughs> once again. Your friend, Mitchell. Thank you, Mitchell. Thank you very much for this. It was really meant a lot. And I was having like a wearing day and then like get this card. Why don't I finally check the mail after a week and a half? Because I'm in the box. Remember, I'm in the box, guys. And she brings a card and just made my day. Takira says, I just got a new job, so I'm getting the big membership. Oh, no. Will we have Takira on here next time? Mm-hmm. <laughs> spooky. I don't know why I went that way, but I guess. The, <laughs> why is it spooky? The, uh, <laughs> the bootleg spirit Halloween shop really got me. <laughs> <laughs> in this episode what you were talking about earlier about the red and the blue it's one of the things we've always said about walking dead is that nobody is black and white it's all gray Grays. i mean i see what you were saying but i think that's kind of a theme in most of the shows that well, none of us are black and white we all have gray areas what i like about this show is that it doesn't pretend like the extremes don't exist right? or not even that the extremes are that people latch onto a tribe or a side or an idea of, of thought and the fact that the fireflies and fedra persist. Essentially, they're they're both kind of in their own way, keeping this thing together. This thing, meaning the old ways of life. The point is that you see these kids and they don't really care. They're like, okay, do I belong here? Okay, okay, I'll, nice. You're going to feed me? Cool. Let's do that thing. They don't care. And it's just these old people from the old world. They just can't let go. They can't realize that everything fell and try something new or, or develop something like a third option. What is the third option? No, let's hold on to the system as it was. I'm not saying this this way is good or this way is bad. It's just these kids don't know what that world is, except for through picture books and ideas or pe- what people talked about in the old world. They have a different experience. We talked about something like that in one of the Walking Dead episodes when 
civilizations fall, everything always reverts back to the same form of civilization. We don't try something different. It's always back to the same hierarchy in, in the same type of civilization. We talked about, I don't remember the Walking Dead episode, but it was something to do with the Commonwealth. Oh yeah, that's right. We always seem to fall into our old tracks, right? Because mm-hmm. it's what we're used to. It's what has classically right. worked. We were talking history. about why when the survivors of the Walking Dead apocalypse were left with the opportunity to try something different, we went back to something like the Commonwealth. Right, right. We didn't try a different type of society. Right. And here it doesn't, I don't know. I'm not going to say here it doesn't seem to work, but I think they chose like, like they're using it as a backdrop for what Ellie does from here on forward. And kind of like what she does at the end of this episode, she realizes that Riley's not going to be the one to make the move. Right. And so she does and apologizes. And mm. Riley goes, you don't have to be sorry. And then the, the thing she says right afterwards, she says, don't, well, she actually says it first. She says, don't go. And it was enough for Riley to go. I won't. It was like right before the chaos started happening. I think all- Riley was making moves all night. They were just very subtle and Ellie wasn't quite picking up on them. <laughs> Riley leaning on her in the photo booth and mm-hmm. all the little, yeah, I was just imagining you in this ha 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 ha. How funny. <laughs> yeah. How yeah. awkward. I often imagine my friends in their underwear. All right. Yeah. The strappy no. lacy number. We all, I always tell the guys. <laughs> the thongiest of thongs. Just trying to imagine you guys in a Speedo all the time. All these crotchless panties. <laughs> but that doesn't even matter. At some point, what gets Ellie pissed off at several points during their night, after the carousel, after the video games, is that, like, why won't you tell me that you love me? I feel like that's why she keeps, she goes, oh, I got to go home. Oh, I got to do the thing. She's like, why won't you tell me? That wasn't my understanding of it. That, I, I, I think either. it's more like, I am mad at myself. Why did I let myself feel this way about you? You clearly don't feel the same way. Okay, yeah. That's what it is. That's it's like the scary. disappointment of like, I put myself in an awkward position. I fell in love with my best friend. Like, I don't want to deal with this right now. She doesn't like me. I just I just want to leave. I just want to go home. I feel like she also says at one point, I forget what the exact words are, but like, and what else? She says something to the effect of what else? Or is that it, basically? At some point, she picks up the vibe and is like, is that all you came to say is goodbye? And Riley's like, that's it. And she she books. It's during their conversation about like, I'm leaving. And she's like, then why did you do all of this? Right. And she's, but she's like waiting for that answer. She's waiting for that specific answer. And when she doesn't get it, she's like, fuck this. You did see, all I this for nothing. I didn't see it as that. I saw it more as I'm wasting my time in putting myself mm-hmm. in Fedra at risk being here for something that's not. A, I mean, yeah, this is great. This also, is fun and sure. cool. But it's not going the way I wanted to. It's not going the way I wanted to. And I'm getting, I'm going to get in trouble for this and it's going to ruin my life. So I need to go. Oh, Unless I think I so have too. A to stay. That, that's what mm-hmm. it is. Unless you give yep. me the reason to stay. Right. That's, that's what I was looking for. And I felt like that reason was like, dude, are you into me? Also, like, why won't you say that, that you're doing all this because you like me? She wanted that, especially with a situation like that. We all have to remember like way back, way, teens. way back. And you liked someone, but you weren't sure if they liked you. You had to play that careful game of like, I can't make my feelings too known. How how far can I push this? How how much can I flirt to see if they get it? And if they don't respond, is it because they don't get it or is it because they aren't interested? And it's all of that. Plus hormones. Yeah, no, and I get that. I, I definitely do get that. You don't fucking know anything. Yeah. So I'm everything drunk and is I a don't question. know anything. You know, it's exhausting. <laughs> how, how I'm an adult and I still feel that way sometimes. So. <laughs> 
Well, and so going going back to her reaction, it's totally like legit. It's all legit. She she like storms away. She's she's like, oh, then she gets she gets right past the door where the Transformers are. This is more of my question is like, why do you think she goes back? Because at first I thought she was just coming back to pick up the book. But then like I put myself in my my teenager shoes and said, well, I can't leave it like that. I just had my outburst. I'm going to go back and just say proper goodbye. I think it's the I don't want to leave it like that under the guise of I am going to go get the book. (laughs) (laughs) You're embracing a true teenage self. Because I've done this, Dave. I've done I've done the dramatic. You think I don't still do the dramatic walkout? I do, because I'm a child. So I've done the dramatic (laughs) I've done the dramatic walkout and then I've been like I've like found a reason to come back. And it's like it's so stupid. But like that's what that was. Never a dull moment. I'm coming. I'm coming back. I I need my book. Yeah. (laughs) That's it. I mean, I just did that like two or three days ago, so no. I really can't say shit. <laughs> fucking no. Chad, fine, I I'll just, fine, I'll just fucking go do myself. No, fuck you. <laughs> You're I, great. Sorry, I left my keys here. <laughs> I didn't need anything else but the keys. <laughs> Speaking of the keys, what a segue. Yeah, the keychain on Captain Kong. Kong's keys is the Naughty Dog logo, which is, of course, the they do the game. Aww, thank mm-hmm. you. Uh, by the way, Thomas says the last time Dave and I walked by Frederick to Hollywood, I was totally picturing him. <laughs> and I, you, awkward. Thomas. I, it, oh, is that Dave's teenager voice? We'll get there. <laughs> I usually go back for my lube. Yeah, you should. And, the, and But it's like for himself. So he like comes back. I'm not mad at you. Looks down. I just came back for my lube. Mm. Oh, I can never be mad at you. He looks down again. I can never be mad at you. Sorry, I just. Why is this happening? I made a fictional <laughs> scene about Thomas and his peepee. <laughs> I love you, Thomas. Anyway, so. Okay, so let's go back to the mall because, like, if you want to go more Easter eggs, that whole Macho Nacho franchise of uh, Mexican taco shops is from Uncharted video game, which is also, oh. I think, by Naughty Naughty Dog as yeah. well. It's, yeah, it's one of their mm-hmm. games, too. Yeah. Um, I think it's also featured somehow in Raja's arcade, but it's Raja's, it's something else, like in a foreign port or something in Uncharted, but it's something uh, okay. else with, that's Raja's because I saw something about it earlier. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, when I was doing research for that one specific thing, there were many people who opined on the fact that the Uncharted series takes place in the same universe as The Last of Us too. So like out there is a Nathan Drake that's not infected. I don't know what I've never played it. So there you go. I haven't either. He's he's running around like Tom Holland doing shit. No, he is not. <laughs> if anyone should have been cast for that part, it would have been Nathan Fillion. Mm, one. Agreed. Just saying Tom Holland is way too young. Which by the Nathan, way, did you see that Nathan short? Drake. No, I didn't. There is a, a short with Nathan Fillion as was it Nathan Perfect. Drake? Yeah. As God intended. I'll send it to you. It's actually really good. I didn't play Uncharted, but Travis has played the Uncharted games and I've watched a lot of it. So that would be weird to think of of Nathan Drake in the infected apocalypse. I I, I usually call it the fungal apocalypse. The fungal apocalypse. (laughs) Really flows off the tongue, you know? Well, you could say fungal apocalypse if you're really anal. Fungal apocalypse. Now you're thinking of fungus in your anus. Thomas says, (laughs) let's talk about the dumb care. He says, why? We've seen it already. Do something new. (laughs) Fear did it better. Right? Yes. Jelly beans. They didn't even go up and down. (laughs) 
Oh yeah. Well, some of them didn't. Remember when you were on the carousel and you're like, look at these chumps on the ones that don't don't even go up and down. Right. Um, the song. I imagine that'd be hard kids. for the camera work though, because you imagine the camera guys going. Well, they managed shit. to do it on fucking Fear the Walking Dead. Fine. Yeah, mm-hmm. because they're pros, man. They, anyway, I don't know. <laughs> I also loved how they did the reflections. That was just really cool. Oh, in the um, in the center of the carousel, right mm-hmm. where it was kind of like a uh, mm-hmm. almost like a funhousey mirror because it was mm-hmm. so distorted. I noticed that too. What we should have focused on though also is in the knockoff spirit halloween shop the song you're playing obviously is uh, i got you babe by etta james one of the cassettes mm-hmm. that you see in the beginning of the episode mm-hmm. the aha take on me also which was playing throughout them all but that is a 60s song if i'm not mistaken right which means all clear bill and frank's code the 60s was nothing new <laughs> 70s was new stock and right, 80s new stock. was danger. Right. No, I'm, I'm laughing because I thought it was like all clear, like their love is all clear. And I'm like, oh. but I guess no, I guess their love is nothing new. It's <laughs> nothing <laughs> new. <laughs> Barring. <laughs> Well, it's, no. I mean, it's not. It's the same story that's happened throughout history. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's true. Two people fall in love and they get bitten by mushrooms and die. <laughs> or <laughs> did they? Okay, so- yeah, it came out in 1968. Right. There you go. Mm-hmm. Okay. Takira says, I adore Nathan Fillion. Thomas says, Last of Us is about yes. 10 times the budget of Fear the Walking Dead. Horses could have moved. Yeah, maybe, maybe. <laughs> but I also think they kept them static because I think it also shows the power dynamic between the two. Riley's basically com- commandeering. Basically, commanding the entire evening so she's like up there up top and ellie's at the low vantage point so she's down there she's kind of like being held captive she's trusting her with her life and so a lot of times in film when you see characters in different perspectives or you know you see them bigger on one side and you see the other character smaller on the other it actually means that there's a power dynamic as well so that might be part of it too and maybe it just means that she's falling for her as well and she knows she maybe she's figuring it out too you're drunk not yet so she's still in control of the situation Riley. So I, I kind of like that. <laughs> Thomas is like the episode. Nothing new. He made no secret of the fact that this was not his favorite episode. Mm. <laughs> I'm not going to say it wasn't good because it was good. It was very good, but it wasn't my favorite either. It was just so much was devoted to the flashback. I felt like there could have been a little more Joel and Ellie in it ra- I mean, rather than, than all flashback. Right. This is the episode we all knew was coming ever since Ellie made the comment about what happened to her friend in the mall. But I agree with Sharon D. We all know how much I hate an episode that doesn't push the story forward. And this late in the season, we are scrimping for time here. And I do wish they would have spent a little bit more of the episode in the real time. The only reason I want to interject is because this is new to me. I did not know it's because I'm not this far in the game. But this entire episode is almost, not 100%, there's a little bit of differences, but almost a shot for shot remake of a DLC that came out in 2014 for the original game. Mm-hmm. Riley was the character. The whole thing was the same way. Ellie and Riley kissed. The masks are the same, apparently. They go the play at the arcade. It's not Mortal Kombat because they didn't have the yeah, And also that. the games didn't work in the game. They were pretending. In the Last of Us video game, right. <laughs> <laughs> and the photo booth does not eject 20-year-old film. <laughs> right. So, right. So it it actually real. works in the video game, right? <laughs> it actually produces film? No, it, d- it did in the show. It does not in the game. Oh, okay, okay. I yeah. I gave them a picture. Okay. By the way, oh, just before we continue, some people might not know what DLC means, and that's downloadable content. That's all. It's like an extra piece Mm -hmm. of the game that you download. It doesn't have any. Doesn't usually have anything to do with the main story, but it's like an extra, an extra you can play. So it kind of gives you a little bit of foresight. Are we at the end of game one? Is that what they're trying to foreshadow here? I don't know. It was also named Left Behind, so it 
is exactly the same. So while it doesn't push the story forward, they are being really true to the original content. So I'm not mad about it, but it gave me the tension that I wanted out of this. And so I am thankful for that. Yeah, I I think it actually happens to, to move the story forward in a sense, because what it really gave me a lot of context on is it built a little bit more of the world that we think we may or may not know. Who's the bad guy? Who's the good guy? Is Fedra shitty? In the beginning of the series, you're like, wow, they suck. And like, oh, the Fireflies are great, even though they're not that great at being Fireflies, at being what they're supposed to be doing. Right from the first episode, they, they say, we suck at being Fireflies. We haven't been able to do anything. And in this episode, Riley mentions, he liberated other QZs, not convinced. And later on, we find out the KCQZ falls months later. So... <laughs> They're not really good at it. Wait, you're laughing at Thomas right now? No, I'm laughing at KCQ. <laughs> KCQZ. KCQZ. I, I know. KCQ's a radio it's- guy. <laughs> KCQC radio, we <laughs> fell and we're all getting raped out here. That was good. <laughs> we filled in some blanks with this episode, but it didn't right. move anything forward. I see what you mean. In the real world. In present right. time, we're still right where we were at the beginning mm-hmm. of the episode. <laughs> Except now Joel's stitched up, apparently. I imagine you played the video game <laughs> in like as it came out and you had to wait and that's what you got was that DLC yeah. back with that Ooh. story. And then you have to wait until 2020 for part two to come out. <sighs> Right, that was so you'd wait six years, wow. six years from the DLC to the second game. I wouldn't wow. even play. I'd be so pissed. I wouldn't even play anymore. <laughs> like fuck that game. So fuck you know, it. just to give you a little bit of context. <laughs> When part two came out, everybody started jizzing until they figured out what the story was. Oh. We're not going to talk about it, We're not going to talk about it. We're not talking about it. We're not talking about it. Since we're in the mall, let's talk a little more to combat because things that are happening in story that you don't realize is happening and it's not really that crazy great, but the players that, that they choose are actually also emblematic of who they are as people or as characters, technically. Riley, you get the impression, is a goof off and encourages Ellie to be kind of a goof off, right? She chooses Melina. In the video game, she is one of the most major antagonists in the game. She is relentless, selfish, narcissistic. She charms men men with her beauty. She eats the people and spits out the bones, sometimes eats the bones, etc. So she's that kind of character in the game. That one's a little bit more nebulous, but Ellie chooses Raiden in the game. And Raiden is overwhelmingly a a good character. He's a lightning god, and he's in charge of Earthworld, basically. Uh, Earthrealm, sorry, Earthrealm, which is basically our world. And so if you really kind of contextualize it, Ellie's got the cure to save the world. (laughs) And so she chooses a character that is in charge of the world, which got me also thinking that from the first episode, we get the impression that the fireflies, they want to get the cure and they want to do something with it, right? And Fedra is awful and they just want to keep us down and oppressed and everything. And something that I kind of said in the beginning two episodes was it's very important to think about what these two people represent and what they would do if they got the cure. But then I started thinking that, that within the context of this particular episode, I like what I like the most about what they gave us is that you're talking about two people who are fighting for what was. I mean, in their own way, the Fireflies are fighting for democracy and free speech and liberty, right? Supposedly, purportedly. And Fedra's just trying to keep law and order available and making sure that things don't collapse, whatever that even means, right? Meanwhile, you've got the KCQZ being taken taken down root and stem, and it, it turns out exactly as Captain Quan said. If it wasn't for us, they would either starve or they would get overrun by infected or something like that. But here you have these kids, and they're both being 
can take advantage of both of these forces, kids, child soldiers, right? On both sides. What would either of them do if they got a hold of the cure? And the power of the cure is in Ellie's hands. She is technically what Kwong says, is that you're a leader. You get to decide what happens here with you, essentially. And honestly, it kind of goes back to what we were saying in Endurance Survive. Are people even worth saving? Is the old world worth saving? As far as who would do something with the cure, I don't see Fedra doing anything with their scientific knowledge except doing fucking making drugs. They don't say anything about Fedra having a medical or research lab or anything like that. Nothing. It's all military and all martial. Whereas the Fireflies, at least as you can see plainly when we go there, they have medical supplies and are trying to do medical research. That's why they're at biomedical facilities. So, I mean, as far as who's going to do something with the cure, it's going to be the Fireflies way more than Fedra. Also, if humanity survives, Fedra has no hold. They only succeed because the population is small enough and scared enough to be cowed and kept under lock and key, under chains. I agree with that, yeah. Whereas if you have a larger population and I believe that the way their, situ- their system runs would eventually fold in on itself when they're under the weight of itself with too many people in it. They couldn't sustain it, which also could be why they're just killing people. Well, why, wouldn't Fedra, if given the chance to have a cure, would disseminate it so that they wouldn't have to maintain these QZs anymore? I'm talking about if we're talking about good people. The QZs is what give them the power. I'm all for seeing the other side of it. The whole point of the beginning of this episode is to show you that neither group is right. Right. Somewhere in the middle is where it would actually be correct. You have two extremes because the world is in an extreme situation. Makes sense. Or or diametrically opposed schools of thought, essentially. I would think, based on the information that we have and what Mm -hmm. we've seen, that Fedra would prioritize Mm -hmm. the people who were more important. Right. The best of us. (laughs) The people who were doctors and the leaders of the government and stuff like that's who's gonna get it like the commonwealth and their medical list Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. exactly it would be exactly the same now i'm not saying it would be any better with the fireflies because we haven't seen anything to prove that it would be. However, I feel like the show was nudging us little by little, giving us little morsels to say that if the Fireflies got the cure, would they be any better for what they've had to do to get to this point? Bombing things and not who holds them accountable if civilians get killed, which they have. Tess almost got killed by one of those explosions. What Ellie says fires back to Riley says, you can't, just like you can't control what the Fireflies do with those pipe bombs, so too can't, like let's say Fedra, so, so too can't the Fireflies control necessarily what they do with her cure. Once you have it, well, doesn't absolute power (laughs) corrupt absolutely? I mean, it's very, very possible that given the chance, the Fireflies might not be as magnanimous as we, as they're painted out to be initially. Well, yeah. I mean, I'd love to have hope for people, but people overwhelmingly suck. suck. Yeah. People I hate that. And we've seen it in everything (laughs) that we watch. And then also we saw it literally in a pandemic in real life. (laughs) Given every opportunity, people Mm -hmm. will inevitably do the wrong thing. Yep. Well, they'll do whatever's best for themselves whatever's best for themselves and that's why i hate this show (laughs) okay but what you guys are saying are is absolutely true and there was there's no better way or episode to illustrate that than endurance survive and uh please hold on to my hand both those episodes show even just people themselves acting on their own recognizance fuck the fireflies fuck fedra they got their freedom what did they do with it they just focused on killing two kids (laughs) 
that's, that's all they did when they could have had infrastructure and all that stuff. Came down to bad leadership. Had Michael still been alive to lead them, then I don't mm-hmm. feel like it would have been that way. So it all comes down to the fact that they just had bad leadership at that time. Kathleen, ex- she admits exactly that. I'm not the leader that my brother was. Right. He begged me to forgive Henry and she couldn't do it because she's powered by vengeance. Right. Powered by vengeance. She's, she's, <laughs> ba- she's Batman. Yeah. She's Batman. <laughs> Well, she's like Azrael. Anyway, that's a deep cut. <laughs> the Energizer Bunny. <laughs> uh, but, but I see, that's the thing. I'm not quite sure. If Michael was in charge, I'm not quite sure that he would be able to hold back that jubilance of having to give Fedra back what they took from them. Like people that they killed. No, uh, no I mean, there still would have been that explosion of violence right after the takeover, but they wouldn't have crumbled due to right, continued to, to crumble. Henry right. and Sam. I agree with that. What do you mean? If Michael They're had- super superhuman if michael had been faced with the pulsing cavern of death in the basement of that building perhaps he would have done something like move the people somewhere else where there was the building big collapsing (laughs) puddle of mushrooms underneath them she couldn't be bothered with that she had to worry about who henry was calling on the walkie-talkies right right so no so you're right so it wouldn't stop the savagery but at least they'd still be alive most likely possibly despite everything that they've done but it still illustrates the point like given the chance people might do it's awful just like things. a business you can ruin the best business in the world with bad management and that's a mm-hmm. fact that is a fact mm-hmm. i don't yep. care how good it is if you have bad management it will fail yeah or if you if you make it really well it, like if you if you do really well it does probably doesn't matter what badly you do like you have enough money that you can pivot and make people's lives a living hell you know eventually people flush up and we've seen that well, everywhere I mean, that's why <laughs> p- p- when you have a business that <laughs> that has I know bad management mean. they can't they can't keep They'll consistent. never be able to rise above a certain right. level. They can't keep ins- consistent employees or standards because they're constantly going through people because they can't keep anybody good. Yeah. So. Be- best case scenario, they survive until they fail. Yeah. Right. And, <laughs> right. Anyway, so let's read some comments because we haven't done that in a while. Takira says, we see that both groups are just using kids. Yeah. Thomas says, I wish my kids weren't offended by my frozen jokes. They really need to let it go. Thomas says also, why do seagulls fly over the sea? If they flew over the bay, there would be bagels. I had a taser once, he says. It was stunning. How do you follow Will Smith hair. in the mud? You get jiggy. Follow the fresh prints. You get jiggy with it, he said. You get you get jiggy jiggy with with it. it. Like that's clearly the only answer to that question. Anyway. Get jiggy with it. That's one of my karaoke songs. It's great though, isn't People, it? You sneeze me, give it to me now, nice and easy. Since I moved up like George and like Weezy. George and Weezy. Cream to like, the maximum, the axonome. Would you like to bounce with a brother that's platinum? I prefer Miami. That's like one of my favorite songs. I also or summertime. Liked, I also like Miami. Yes, summertime. Miami was one of my favorites. If we're gonna sidetrack to Will Smith songs, right. then it has to be parents don't or just don't understand. Parents don't or just don't understand. <laughs> yep. Taking it, taking it. All right, agree to disagree. (laughs) (laughs) Like we said about this episode sort of being a uh, reverse mirror of long, long time. One of the interesting facts about Riley's disappearance being three weeks is that's about the same amount of time that at that point, or sort of that point, Tommy's been away. Tommy went radio silent. And maybe just like Riley saying, the longer you stay away, the harder it is to come back. That might have been the same for Tommy as well. The longer he stayed away, the harder it was to kind of want to even reach out to to i was gonna say rick holy shit joel 
Wrong franchise. (laughs) Ellie and Joel have a parallel. People that they love are away for three weeks, but instead of going after Riley, she assumed she assumed she was dead. (laughs) Yeah, you're gone for three weeks. You're dead to me, like a teenager. That's the world they live in. Yeah, exactly. Oh well. (laughs) Also, they're teenagers, so it's like it's a double whammy. What is Mm -hmm. Ellie gonna do? She thinks she's been gone. She's just gonna go run (laughs) off in the wilds and look for her. Like no idea where where she went or anything. So and just like. Craig Mazin says at the in the inside the episode the episode ins- episode or insider sorry say it right <laughs> I liked his little insight he said un- up until that point unlike Riley this is the first time she's ever experienced a loss so she doesn't know what it means to lose somebody really she's an orphan but apparently given to the Fedra Academy by Marlene she also says something to the effect of you don't know everything she says it twice to, uh, Riley says this to Ellie and now that gets me thinking do you think that Marlene knew that Ellie was immune from the time she was a baby? No. Don't say no too quickly. I'm gonna. How? (laughs) (laughs) I'm gonna. She could have been bitten as a baby and and survived somehow, like when her parents died. (laughs) If she was was a baby, she would have to say the Harry Potter effect. (laughs) So they they hit her in the, you know, Fedra orphanage or whatever and let her think she was nobody special. But somebody in Fedra should have known because how else were they going to make sure that she was taken care of? It's pretty dangerous to just stick her in a fucking orphanage. If she was bit as a baby, she'd have a scar on her forehead in the shape of a lightning bolt. But also, are you kidding? But also, (laughs) they would have tested her with the with the infected thing at some point throughout her several years of life. What reason yeah, would sure they have Fedra to do that? Well, they would do it to to anyone that but anyone, if she's, I if imagine. She's, just if as she's a healed, then it may not show up. I'm just thinking out loud here, but there would be no reason for her to be tested instantly. It's like the whole, uh, what is swatty? Yeah, it's like, it's a, what is it, something in a bank vault? It's like a lockbox in a bank vault, bank vault she uses, like at the Althea says to Morgan crew. She would have been tested like as soon as she got, got there. However, she mm. arrived there. They would have tested her immediately. Yeah. And it would have come back infected because it it came back infected the last time we saw mm. her get tested. But what if they didn't? <laughs> well, I just thought it was very funny the way Riley says, you Here's don't know everything. As if maybe she was told. If Marlene all knew that Ellie was the cure, why did she leave her locked up in that room by herself and test her every day for however long? If she knew she was the cure, she wouldn't have had her locked up mm-hmm. testing her yeah. every day. Wait a minute. So the reason why they would do that is to A, be sure, but B, the reason why Marlene has her in the first place is this this happens when we see her in the first episode. This is right after both Riley and Ellie get bit. And so, because right, Riley doesn't check in. What does Ellie do? First of all, she has to kill her friend eventually, right? Mm -hmm. Put her down. Yes. Yeah. We know second, Marlene picks her up and she sees that she's been bit, right? And it looks gross. Mm -hmm. She's doing this. No, 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 no. Which now we find out what that look ahead thing was from. It wasn't something that knew that happened. It was a flashback, like you guys said. So shut up. And so... (laughs) I mean, I'm guessing if you turn relatively quickly, it's like 24 hours at the most, right? So Ellie and... Riley? Riley, Riley, thank you. They're they're together. They got bit at the same time and Riley starts to turn, but Ellie doesn't. So maybe Ellie just stayed in the mall for a few days after to see if she was ever going to change, you know, ever going to turn until until she was like, okay, I'm going to leave. Lois says, no. She says, no. And she's going to say, no, Dave, no. Thomas says, why would they hold the cure in an orphanage? And I'll tell you why. It makes perfect sense. 
Marlene's. Because Marlene specifically says she, they drop off Ellie in Fedra Academy. Specifically, you're putting her in the safest place to not worry about having to get tested ever. That's, Who is? Who's dropping her off? Who put her Mar- there? Marlene. Marlene. From the Fireflies. She says it to Ellie in the first episode. Mm-hmm. So like, if you have to think of the best place to keep the cure in child form, wouldn't it not be a Fedra Academy? Because you're talking about a place where the kids will never have to get tested ever because they're in like a bank vault inside of a Hagen Dazs instead of a Howard Johnson in which they never have contact with the outside world. That's all they do. They stay inside. They don't even go <laughs> on patrols. Why are they in a hojo? Just listen to what I'm saying. In the convention, the hojo, it's not even like a room. It's in the convention part and it's surrounded. <laughs> My okay. Point- my point is, is that like she's in the safest place on the planet. The and- children are in the East Ballroom. <laughs> <laughs> Inside the QZ. Probably the safest <laughs> QZ ever, which is because it's the only one that hasn't fallen yet. Listen, I'm not saying that it's the case, but all of a sudden it started kind of making sense. And the fact that Riley says it so cryptically to her twice, it's okay that you don't know everything. Basically, this is my interpretation, and I don't really believe it 100% myself, but it's worth throwing out there. Riley knows, but she was told not to tell her. And so, it's okay that you don't know everything until Marlene eventually reveals it. I think that's possible, but I think the first time she said it, she meant in the sense that you haven't been anywhere outside of the Fedra school. You don't know any fucking thing at all. Right. And I think in the uh, the second time, it was more because she was talking, I think that was when she was talking about her parents. Like, you've never had anybody to lose, so you don't know everything about losing people. That that kind of thing. And and that's okay. It's like, wouldn't it be great if you didn't have to know about loss? It could also have been like a hint at the like, you know, know everything because i clearly like you yeah yeah i was thinking that as sharon was saying it saying uh what she said so yeah and i thought like okay because it's definitely not the mature version of that that we say to each other and that's well stop being a weirdo you don't have to know everything you could say i don't know something you could admit your frailties but it's definitely not that version of that because you see later on this is your kids they're kids folks there's kid they're kids they're little children i had a really odd thought while they were in the arcade and all the money was laying on the ground and it made me think of a casino and I was just wondering if money doesn't mean anything anymore would a casino still be exciting would the fun of a casino still be there you'd still have the thrill of winning even if it wasn't money I mean it'd still be exciting to hear all the bells and whistles go off on a jackpot machine yeah yeah but if I'm not winning anything of monetary well no I like winning yeah you're right I like winning (laughs) it's it's classic I mean you you have to figure out a way to figure out like an enticement mechanism like we've we've classically done things of this nature in history just for clout. So, And if money is a form of clout, then yeah. Yeah, but if you tell me, if you sit here and play this game and you win, then you're the winner. Like that's I'm still going to, I'm still playing. Yeah. I'm I'm really? Still- yes. And everybody else <laughs> sucks. I'm the best. Yeah. Yes! This game. <laughs> yeah. Weren't you like rolling planets into a snowball not too long ago? <laughs> yeah, I was playing, I was playing Katamari <laughs> obsessively, mind you. <laughs> yeah, we're trying to watch Game of Thrones and she's rolling rolling worlds into snowballs. <laughs> into a snow Whoa. I'm not I don't can't it's see it. Katamari. It's a Japanese game. You get a sticky ball and you run around and you pick <laughs> things up to to get your ball to be really big so that it's the size of a planet or a star and then the king of the universe shoots it into the air. Duh. Kami-sama? <laughs> Duh. And Bridget Duh. was the it's best like, at it. It's not that hard <laughs> to understand. Is it not when you say it out loud? <laughs> anyway, what I've heard of this game. <laughs> <laughs> Serious question, though? 
that. For a joke that, that came funny. out in latest, yeah, because it was the second edition, 2003, screenshots weren't as much a thing in 2003. And I was, they burnt my technician brain. And I didn't even have the fortitude to look it up. Anyway, sorry, I got really weird there. Katamari, right? <laughs> anyway. It's not the same. That wasn't the same at all. This show has has had a lot of product placement, like the Doritos sign in, in <laughs> yeah. one episode, uh, the Kansas City episode. So yeah, this CVS, episode... The CVS pharmacy sign was very clearly in the background because I was like, oh, I yeah. shop there. So... <laughs> I, I actually, I actually wrote down all the all the visible stores that were actual stores. Um, Foot Locker, which do mm-hmm. you guys remember Woolworths? You remember the store Woolworths? That's Woolworths Way became back. Foot Locker. Really? Oh, yeah, really? I, watched, I watched a video about it the other day that oh, it eventually wow. sold down and, and became Foot Locker. Okay, that's hmm. insane to me. Well, because that that was one of those stores that was everything to everyone. Yeah, because it had everything. Yeah, it had everything. Bath and Body Shop, which was obviously a not a real store because it's Bath, Bath and Body, body Works. Works. Bath and Body Works. Yeah. Victoria's oh, okay. Secret. Okay. I'm pretty sure there was a Best Buy sign in the back. If you look in the background of a couple, there is a yellow tag shaped sign that's lit up. Hmm. The Gap, CBS, okay, yeah. GameStop, mm-hmm. Hallmark, but the H was gone. It was Allmark. <laughs> Esprit. There was a Target sign as they were walking down the hall. There was a Target sign. It didn't say Target, but it was the, the red background with a white Target on it. Panda Express, mm-hmm. TCBY. Oh, wow. Subway, I didn't see that. Subway one. and A&W. A&W, yep, big names. I did not see oh, the TCBY. And, and the movie, awesome. by the way, the movie that they were promoting, the werewolf movie, I forget what it was called. Dawn of the Werewolf. Two. Yeah, Dawn uh, of the right. Wolf. Dawn of the Werewolf was uh, was an in-game movie also. It wasn't a real movie mm-hmm. at the time. I mm-hmm. thought that was kind of a cool It was a, It's supposed to be a rip on um, the Twilight, Twilight series. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like a pre-whatever Twilight. I wanted to actually go back to the video game, the arcade games for a second because we were talking about colors and it got me thinking a lot. You, you really threw a brain nugget that I just ran with, kind of like Katamari. I just kind of took your brain nugget and kept <laughs> rolling into planet-sized <sighs> balls. You're the worst. <laughs> right now in the arcade i noticed that okay the, it's bathed in purple light it really is blue light essentially mixed with whatever red is in the ether and it looks purple on everybody right which is kind of like the symbol of like compromise or like little take a little of this take a little of that be something be the third option ellie's wearing red riley's wearing blue and then it got me thinking when i was a kid that's where we would hang out is the mall and the arcades well the arcade was the best place to settle differences as a kid like if you had a beef with a kid and you really wanted to bury the hatchet you would go to the arcade really hate on each other like really really hate on each other and then like you might become friends by the end of it what do you mean no you and I lived very different yeah, lives. <laughs> me too. I had that happen twice to me. I was kids. I was I not barely remember the names. But yeah, we hung out at Spencer's and we hung out at the food court. Yeah, I loved going to the mall and I spent a lot of time in Claire's. But same. Okay, I'm a guy. I, I was a boy liked, in the '80s. No, no, no. I love, I love arcade games. I was a yeah. nerd, dude. But yeah. no, <laughs> because. Because girls malls. suck. No, also. because malls didn't really have arcades anymore. <laughs> well, you're also younger than me. I hung out at the arcade, but I did not settle disputes at the arcade. No. That's I the other how- thing, dude. We just fought. <laughs> I squashed a lot of things <laughs> in the arcade. Well, because I was I was a nerd. I didn't play sports. I didn't do any of that stuff. So all but the we people just that fought. It- you just fought. Well, yeah, like, we would just fight now. too. But if we yeah. if if we did have rivals and if they were open to it, we could challenge them to shit. And there would be no beef. Just, we had dance just, battles at my school. I just school. had this vision of Dave and like all his friends, like the sharks and the jets in the arcade. 
Also, did you did you live in that in that eighties movie? What was that called with the power glove? Oh, the wizard. That's one of my. Did you live in the wizard? Yeah. I was the wizard, which is what people used to call me. Yeah, it was kind of funny. But no, it's true. But like, here's the thing. Yes, it would get heated. Yes, it would. But it wouldn't come down to blows, except that one time. Now I'm remembering it because <laughs> I won a lot and I got a fucking fat lip from a kid who really couldn't handle it. But if that's the worst that can happen, really. I could see you being the worst winner. So I totally <laughs> would have punched later on in the face. face, too. Here's the thing. I would never do that. But like in your face. You, you yeah. want to hear like a real moment? Like, okay, Knuckles my brother and I grew up playing video games a lot. And I, I always beat them. Like, I just couldn't help but destroy him in games, right? But then I got to a certain age where I kind of stopped. And he would show start showing me games. And we'd start playing whatever he had. And like, I got like so sorely. I won so sorely. I threw a controller, almost through a window. I get, I got rage quit for the first time in my life. And I'm like thinking to myself, is this how he felt for mm-hmm. like 15 years? Yes, <laughs> he nice. did. Didn't I yes. tell you guys there were bite marks in our controllers from me getting so angry that I like literally yes. bit the Nintendo <laughs> controllers because I was so angry. I taught him how to squash his anger. That's it. anyway. But no, we all just shoved it down into our ulcers. Yes. No one squashed it. You just swallowed you squashed the anger. it in your stomach. Imagine though, and I don't know what happened to them all afterwards though, but I keep thinking to myself, like think of all the things that Fedra could do to cow the populace or give them something to kind of while away the hours. Wouldn't it be great if the arcade could have been one of those things or like whatever in the mall? Because they already had a 7-Eleven and a Starbucks. And so what if they had more of these things that they could use? Like they said, they were expensive because more mouths to feed they gotta wire up the rest of the block and so like wouldn't that like be to their credit like a way of cowing the public and they wouldn't have to be as shitty to them and but then this thing happens for that matter why don't they set up movies for everybody yeah exactly 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 what i'm talking about even jackson hole that had movies you're just explaining today's society yeah (laughs) they just force us to not give a shit by just producing mass amounts of content and being like you have too many streaming services to watch you can't worry about what the government's doing you've got to watch the last of us welcome to libertarian hour subscription to paramount plus so i guess i better start to watch it (laughs) i gotta binge all these shows (laughs) i have a lot to do (laughs) star trek discovery finally and sharing to give me your feedback once you start watching it hang in there though you gotta hang in there do it it's garbage i don't know big star trek Shut your mouth. So Star you know, Trek is great. It's just not. Oh no, you're right. I was reminded of my <laughs> my favorite ever movie to take place in a mall. Mall rats. Hmm. Oh, I do love that movie. Yeah. But mine is Dawn of the Dead. When the original. When, when she was on the escalator, models. all I kept thinking was Jason Lee screaming, "That kid is on the escalator <laughs> again." <laughs> mall rats <laughs> again. <laughs> Forgot about that. It's so good. It's a it's a schooner. <laughs> Schooner <laughs> is a sailboat. Stupid Ed. Kevin Smith so much. with with money actually, and with by the way, if you want to throw in this nugget, uh, had Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer. <laughs> no, it was Merle Dixon. It was in that yeah. movie? Remember? Yeah. yeah, yeah. What was oh, his name? Michael, Michael Rooker. Rooker. Yeah, Michael Rooker. He was the guy that was running the love show thing. The love show. Yeah, really. Oh, yeah, whatever. Oh, the chocolate. Yeah, because they gave him the pretzels, the butt pretzels. Oh, Oh, the stink hand, the stink palm. Stink stink palm. Oh, God. 
Stank palm him. God, what happened? Anyway. You know, you know, you know he grew up to be Earl. Like <laughs> <laughs> it all flows together. Thomas says, was quote unquote a nerd Dave was I'm definitely less of a nerd now than I was then mm, gotta say <laughs> I, that's so embarrassing for you I know it is Ooh, getting hand-me-downs from my cousin wearing weird clothes didn't everyone I was is that weird did everyone uh, not get hand-me-downs from relatives I definitely did I got a few I, I guess was among folks oh I in the dark I too was, is on I was the oldest kid so I got Instagram. everything new Ooh, I was nice. the oldest too, but I still got hand-me-downs from my cousins, yeah, including I toys. Of, I was the oldest out of Because you were smaller. Too <sighs> <laughs> 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 sorry. Takira says, Malls in New Jersey still had arcades up until I left five years ago, which is true. <laughs> hand-me-downs from Tyrion. Oh! <laughs> maybe hand-me-ups. <laughs> Not in your case, friend. <laughs> I don't think it matters. <laughs> yeah. oh. It fits oh. oddly. It's a belly oh shirt, but who goodness. cares? If I fit into it, I'd wear Tyrion's wardrobe. Flies fuck. Yeah, man. <laughs> Thomas says, they called you the wizard because when they pulled the curtain back in Oz, the wizard was three feet tall. Oh, my God. <laughs> It's just like this, burn after burn, is, dude. This is, this is your birthday video burn. all over again. It's just a roast. That was great. <laughs> Top. That was that was a perfect comment for for like yeah. continuing the train of burns. The, the trail of burns. The escalator again. Oh my god. Da- he, this is true. Thomas says Dave is so short he has to go up on women. <laughs> And I did. <laughs> Stick that in your brain craw and slurp and slurp it, everybody. <laughs> Rachel. <laughs> so hey, three women hosts on the podcast where I just said I would go up on women. Where's Rachel? Oh, is she okay? Oh All right, let's keep going. <laughs> I almost just soaked my computer and keyboard. <laughs> I have that effect on women. Oh my gosh. Oh, what? <laughs> Come on. Spitting? You make women it. spit. No, soaking their... Oh god, anyway. <laughs> their keyboard. No one that you know. Oh, she, she left. Oh, the jokes were so bad. <laughs> Charity's computer quit. <laughs> I must have soaked her keyboard. (laughs) Oh my god. I hurt. (laughs) Hey, do any of you have to go to the bathroom? I love that line. The bathroom. So funny. I would normally wait until Sharon D came back, but let's read more comments. (gasps) Rachel is having a stroke, Thomas says. Lois Martin, when you go up. Yeah, when you go up. (laughs) That's true. Charity says you broke my computer, I think. (laughs) (laughs) Holy shit. Maybe I did. Uh, All right. I can't get it together. That was too fucking funny. She's back. 
One of the first things we see Ellie read in her bedroom is the Savage Starlight comic, right? Makes a mm-hmm. little comeback. In the back of the comic, there's an interesting word for one of the up- the upcoming comics that it's called Neg Entropy. It kind of sounds like Negan Tropy, but it's N-E-G-N-T-R-O-P-Y, which is an old term for what's commonly called syntropy. And the concept behind that word is negative entropy. Entropy, as we know, is that all systems collapse, all systems devolve or degrade or go to chaos. And I thought it was kind of interesting that the idea of syntropy... I was like, we all know. That was in a Stephen King novel, so you don't have to be a nerd to know that. Thank you very much. It was in the stand. Stephen King's a nerd too, so we're we're trapped. I know know the stand, and I don't remember any of this. The center cannot hold. Everything falls apart. Yeah, everything falls apart. Everything fall. Everything collapses in on itself. And that is from when the guy was in the um, newsroom right before they came in and shot him. Ha! Well, he shot himself, right? (laughs) The center cannot hold. That's Yates, bitch. Yeah, he's the one. He's a nerd too. (laughs) He he was. We're having a nerd off right now. That's what you people come here for. The nerd off. I'm just kidding. I'm literally on a walking dead. Nerds. I'm literally on a Walking it. Dead podcast. Yeah, you're on a Walking Dead podcast. <laughs> We're all so, fucking nerds. So, children, what is negative entropy? Negative entropy is when systems nor- not normalize, but return to a normal state, or the rate at which things return to a normal state. And I thought that was very interesting that she's reading a comic, or the upcoming comic, where maybe the upcoming comic of her life is possibly measuring the distance between entropy, which is basically what the cordyceps have been up to, bringing the world down one fungus at a time. Time, to maybe her possibly being the force at which that that propels humanity forward into a normal state or what was normal. But it also plays with the theme of Fedra and also the Fireflies trying to establish what once was considered normal as well. So whether that's a force for good or bad remains to be seen. But Thomas says Rachel has no, a like, whack, a wet ass keyboard. <laughs> keep going, keep going. Read two more. Read two okay. more. Rachel whipping out the nail file okay. made me think of the last tango in Paris. Yeah, that's that's funny, but read the next one. Thomas says, you've really got to hand it to short people because they usually can't reach it anyway. <laughs> Kira says, <"Lamow."> <laughs> Short so people like <laughs> nice podcasts. Short <laughs> people have no reason to live. <laughs> <laughs> It's a pretty brutal song, dude. You should play Short People by Randy Newman right here. (laughs) Okay, Bridget. Good idea. So, but on the note of syntropy or negentropy. Negentropy. I also noticed the Negentropy is the rate at which Negan makes everything fall apart. Right. Yes. This podcast. Uh, or we had him to blame other cool things that she's mentioned throughout these the series is that she she's mentioned she wants to go to space if that's something that she can do after this is all over she would love to do it but other things that she's mentioned and she has paleontology books all over her room is that weird thing that she loves dinosaurs but she also wants to go to space and again we're playing with things like what once was prehistory and far future right and, and what might be possible she had pictures of dinosaurs on the wall she also had a poster for mission to mars mm. and a paleontology text mm. uh, i don't know if it's a textbook mm. but the paleontology book on her table too sorry i can't read my own handwriting 
<laughs> I was like, something's <laughs> happening. She's either about to fart because she's like doing this. She's like tilted to one side. I can't read my own. I'm like trying to read what I fucking wrote. And I don't know what the hell it is. You saw it too, though, right? Like, what is she about to do? And it was- she had to hold the paper back. <laughs> no, I get it. I, I've been doing that lately too. <laughs> we're, we're, I got to hold it way back. So we used to play it. arcades. In the mall, in the mall to squash <laughs> beef. <laughs> Said no one ever. Did. <laughs> just, and the roller I, rink. Okay. If me and my friend had beef, we just went to the arcade, squashed <laughs> it there. We just like we just smacked it. it out. We smacked it out on the on the on the buttons and the joystick. If the, if the dance battles didn't work. We took it to the arcade. No, if the if the if the roller skating moves didn't do the job. <laughs> oh my god do they dance battles with short people but yeah, yes. well that's the that's the cruelty of the 80s right they're like oh shit it's a dance battle oh who's this short guy wait guys let's fuck with him let's have him dance battle to short people <laughs> And then, like, yeah, and then everybody starts laughing and pointing. That's why I chose the arcade to work out my differences. This fell apart so, so quickly. Can I get some clarification really quickly? And then, then we can definitely read Thomas's joke because it was good. It was a good one. Was the runner in the American Girl doll store? Yes. yes. Look that up. Yes. Every story has a star. <laughs> I just, I don't know why it just cracks me up. Why is some dude creeping in the American Girl doll store? He saw a bunch of other things laying down on the floor, so he just went in there and laid down with them. He thought well, that's they were the thing. Like, so there's, people, I have two right? things to say. That when, when I was watching that scene a third time, because I watched this episode a lot, but when I was taking notes, I was like thinking to myself, what if this was just a guy picking up a doll for his kid? You know, and like, and that's how it all went down for him. And he just like died right there. Way to bring it down, Dave. Okay. <sighs> So I, the one, I have some but, questions. But wait, but the answer to, to to like why that's kind of funny is because these are kind of these fungus, these infected are kind of like animated dolls. It, there's like kind of they they have no ideally, I hope they have no soul. <laughs> and so they're just being animated by the cordyceps. So they're Don't tell living dolls. That. Okay, I have a couple of questions. So the thing that was like all viney, right? He was mm-hmm. pretty close to the one that we saw in the first episode. Right. But the one that was dead, right? Mm-hmm. The first one we saw was dead yes this mm. one was still alive which is why it was able to get up and pull away from the viney things they told us in the beginning in number one in the first episode when they were going in that all the vines around that one were dead so it it had died like maybe it got trapped inside and died or something because eventually the fungus will kill the host well, yeah that does happen so this guy had just hadn't gotten to that point like he had the viney things and stuff but he he could get up and get away from that like he wasn't okay so they weren't they weren't a part of him they were just over top of him i think they were a part of him i think they were a part they came i think they grew out of him i feel like he didn't have a lot of those things on him when he went after the girls later that's what took him so long he had to cut him off oh maybe he got like, to him yeah <laughs> so he- 
you may have answered a question forever. <laughs> you may have answered a question that I've had in my head for a while about like what makes the difference between somebody that survives as long as they do and what doesn't. And it actually brought me back to something that I actually read about the core, uh, not about cordyceps per se, but about mycelial networks. And that's why you're like fucking nerd with his nerd shit. But like, <laughs> no, hear me out. Is that, is that yes, fungus. Uh, and I wrote this in the blog for, I think either infected or a long, long time, but fungus can not only alert other fungus miles away of danger of predators, right? But it's possible also, and this is actually going to your thing, Rachel, when you said it, I, I don't know if it was a Zay Frank one. Yeah. It was about the slime molds. Oh yeah. 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 They, they basically go towards where the food is. And so yes. in my head, if you combine the two things, it's very possible that whereas the one infected in the first episode that Tess and Joel meet in the basement while they're going to the fire fireflies stronghold let's say is dead it's probably because it was cut off from the mycelial network whereas this one is still attached to it now does that mean it, it'll bring other infected to it i don't know but that's why it was able to stay alive as long because one of the things that we said is that it gets nutrients from the host but if it can distribute the nutrients among uh, the whole fungal network through many host bodies well they can survive a lot longer i mean i would feel like he could probably rip away from those vines and then find another patch of vines and lay down in it and become reattached to them and be a right. part of the group again. Exactly, probably. exactly. If those things are a part of the network, though, wouldn't that be like us ripping our hair out? If it's a part of him, why would he want to do that? The cordyceps are driven alone by the, I guess you would call it like the primordial need to feed. That's it. To, well, not feed, but spread. Well, spread. Yeah, I'm sorry. It's to spread. So it wouldn't care because all it's thinking about is I need to spread this to a new host. Right. And, and while they go dormant or like kind of like a lurker let's say if we want to go to the walking dead when there's nothing to feed off of or nothing to alert them they just kind of settle down in a mycelial patch and just go to sleep you know and hope that the nutrients keep flowing everywhere to keep it alive like this one or or unlike like one a in the spider basement, like a spider lay in your web and wait for a bug to tickle the strings of your mm -hmm. web and wake you up I wasn't even sure that it was the same thing because he didn't have the vines all over him. I expected him to be dragging the, the vines behind him and he didn't. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like you're making me laugh I'm like and now i'm just imagining it I'm like but they they all don't really have the vines behind them once they well, well get no, that but spidey this one sense was in but this one was in a viney patch not all of them are intertwined with these things like we saw this him right like uh with the things yeah, all when, so um, when he stood up you'd think they would still be all over him and they weren't remember the one that went after tess the firefly they, in fact right they stepped on a patch or whatever and it woke that one up and it detached itself and ran yep. after yep. that and went after Tess. In fact, it kind of goes back to a conversation you had, Sharity, about the stages of infection, right? Well, let's say like Tess's son, who could have been a hulking, raging bloater, let's say, right? Because that bloater wasn't connected to the mycelial network. And clickers eventually, if they're not attached to a mycelial network, will turn into clickers because they're not attached to the network and their body isn't preserved as much because it's drawing all the nutrients from within the human host, let's say. So it's kind of interesting to think that like, okay, they turn into different stages of infection because the cordyceps is A, feeding on the host and hopefully maybe feeding on other materials to make it evolve, let's say. And the fungus keeps growing on top of it and it gets stronger and stronger until none of the human is left and you have like a bloater, essentially. Bones and whatever's left, maybe. Maybe that makes the difference. What happened, everybody? Did it get really late? <laughs> we laughed, laughed too much. Out. It used all our energy. <laughs> I oh, need to so go lay down in a viney patch. <laughs> <laughs> until... <laughs> Danger. <laughs> 
Oh, speaking of, <laughs> holy shit, I forgot about this one. So when we were talking about Raiden and Melina, so they play with those two characters at first. And some of the things that I read about Melina, I'm like, why is, who cares about that? When you see them playing again and the quarters are almost run out, Ellie chooses Baraka against Melina. And Baraka and Melina are thought of as actual, like people have put them together as love interests because they're the only two very brutal players. Is that the one with four arms, Baraka? No, he's the one with the knives coming out of the knife coming out of the two arms and then also the the jagged teeth just like melina oh okay 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 yeah so i thought that was interesting because it would show that they kind of belong together and they have like a little love interest let me read some great comments i crashed into the back of a car at the lights today a really short guy got out of it and said i'm not happy and i said well which one are you then It took me it took me way too long to get I had to read that like three times before I got it. If you have to read it three times. <laughs> I, I was shocked to read in the papers today that a short person had been pickpocketed. I just thought to myself, how could someone stoop so low? <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes when I look at short people, I wonder if they're able to reach their goals. It's about the only thing we can reach. Takira just says, ha 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 All I see is Rachel cracking up. <laughs> and then turn it up 316, Marvel versus Capcom has solved many beefs. Thank you. Makes the That's play after Eric. school in high school. <laughs> so, <laughs> so Dave has backup here. That's right. Big then spoon. Thomas said, Dave, when you pass away, do you want to be buried in a Nike, Adidas, or Reebok box? Reebok, obviously, because it's got the pump. Reebok? Yeah, but the shoes aren't in there with you. I need cushioning. <laughs> I almost said those are BK Ratchtech, but that was different. <laughs> he wants to be, he wants to be buried in a Doc Martens box. It's got more room. With bouncing souls. <laughs> Maybe they're like Tesla's and that's how they charge. Yeah. Laying down in the viney patch. <laughs> oh. I don't know why it sounded so funny. <laughs> I'm it's tired. I need night. my viney patch. <laughs> uh, Ew, that sounds gross. The more you say it, <laughs> no, I just picture it like laying in moss. I picture like grapevines, like a viney. I picture like a pumpkin patch. patch. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly what I was. Thinking. That would be more comfortable. <laughs> Some other gourd patch, I suppose. <laughs> According to, because a pumpkin is a gourd technically. Gordyceps. <laughs> <laughs> nerd. Okay, nice. nerd. Done. See, I knew the power of nerddom would help. It's spread to pumpkins. <laughs> A gorgeous up. <laughs> Had Ellie not experienced the loss of Riley, she might not even know ever to attach herself to Joel or want to be attached to Joel or to never give up on Joel. I thought that was kind of interesting that she had to go through this experience to be ready for. Like, and it's terrible to have the best day of your life be marred by the worst day of your life. But she does this and it's the means for her to not give up on Joel in the end. And whether that helps or not is another story entirely because at the beginning of the episode, when they're panning through the block, just before they go into the 
garage and show the horse shaking off the snow. But just before that, you hear infected in the background. You do hear like a little infected roar. If you're wearing headphones, you might hear it better. And I thought that that's already pretty shitty. And I think uh, there might be trouble that's outside of Joel dying ahead. Yeah, Ellie, take better care of your horse because uh, you're still going to have to ride it. I'm, I know Joel needs help, but you got to cool your horse down and clean at least clean the snow off its head. What do you mean? I can't just leave it in this room. <laughs> I, I was thinking that in the garage. I was like, God, I keep I, you know, me, me, the person who doesn't give a shit usually about animals. I'm like, God, that horse has got to be super cold in that cold, unheated garage. I know. And then I thought of Sharon. I said, oh, Sharon, would hate this. <laughs> <laughs> she did. <laughs> yeah. Take care of the horses or... <laughs> Or, okay, uh, so alternatively, embracing my who cares about animals I'd rather animal shoot roots. a human. <laughs> I'd rather kill 10,000 men than shoot another horse. I've never shot a horse. That's a TV show line, y'all. <laughs> if, if Ellie had to, well, then we should go back to a reaction video and talk about, never mind, <laughs> like the van with the candy. Anyway, so... <laughs> no, not this But, again. like, I could see Ellie cutting open that horse to keep uh, Joel warm. So, anyway... <laughs> It's just like Han and Luke in the Tauntaun. Yeah. On Hoth. We know, we know how it works. <laughs> and I thought it smelled bad on the outside. <laughs> By the way, that would be a, that would be a seventies reference. So uh, new stock, Empire Strikes Intestines. Back. Eighties, Empire was Strikes it? Back in the eighties. Trouble, yeah. it's trouble. Don't don't cut open the horse. Please don't. <laughs> Please don't cut open the horse. Yeah. Okay. Thomas says maybe Ellie can attach herself to Joel by a viney patch. Oh, that one. <laughs> he hated that episode that much that he would make that joke. <laughs> Thomas says next episode, Sharon comes to take care of the horses. Oh, that was no, Sherry. Sherry. No, I'm, I choose Sharon. Mm. It's not said. sweet. Not is, the worst is, thing is Sherry. <laughs> gonna take care of the horses or is she gonna take care of the, horses? of the horses yeah if you like what you heard well first of all thank you for joining us thank you for hanging in there thomas and thank Takira you for, for dealing with whatever sports. this was <laughs> yeah i'm so i think sorry. it was great i think we're awesome i usually the ones that get away from us <laughs> Are just so much better in the end. Even though we don't probably talk about everything we want to, it doesn't really matter. Who gives a shit? You're having fun. You're here to have a good time. And so if you like what you heard, head over to ratethispodcast.com slash squawking dead. Five stars and eggplant is all we need to know that you love us. But remember to tell us what you liked, what you didn't like, or what we missed. But remember to tell us after every episode. And if you really like what we're doing, make sure that you head over to either ko-fi.com slash squawking dead or patreon.com slash squawking dead and just follow us there. Take your pick. I prefer Kofi. Now, you don't have to buy us a coffee for 30 days of supported back content at Kofi. You don't have to buy a membership tier for as little as a dollar a month to get some of these perks in perpetuity. You just have to follow because when you do, you are aware of any cool and new things that we have coming down the pike. And it just really just shows us that we're doing something right, uh, along with subscribing to our YouTube channel and enabling all the notifications or following and enable notifications on any of your preferred social medias. So when you do that, that's great to do that, please. But if you do decide to buy a membership tier for as little as a dollar you will get at least the unedited episode recordings of future recordings and you'll have access instant access to our discord where you can get at us at all types of the day and that's great because we have more conversations there than we do on our Kofi or patreon and we have conversations that we will never have on social media with that everybody i've been your host david cameo and i was joined by cosmom 09 rachel burt charity aka blazy gardner and bridget ko-fi.com slash punky brewster that's p-u-n-k-y-b-r-u-i-s-e-t-e-r good night lois good night takira good night Thomas. Good night, Lois. Good night, Moon. Good night, Eric. Good night, John. Good night, Boy. everybody. Also, night, turned everybody. up 316 said never trust anything that shits and runs at the same time. <laughs>
just really got me. <laughs> I don't know who you are, but I like it's you. It's Eric. It's Eric. <laughs> oh, it's my Eric. bad, Eric. God. <laughs> sorry. God. Sorry, <laughs> Eric. God. <laughs> Good night, everybody. We'll see you next time. We'll, we'll, we'll have more short jokes. Whatever I feel like. Gosh. <laughs> Thank you again for making it to the end of this episode, our discussion on The Last of Us' seventh episode of its inaugural season, titled Left Behind. And as always, we like to thank our upper tiers on both ko-fi.com slash squawkingdead and patreon.com slash squawkingdead, starting with our survivors here, whose members get to join us in these episode breakdowns whenever they like. We've got Jones 71 on Instagram or jones86 on Twitter, at RealRyanGM on Twitter, and at FanArtLindy, who you can reach at ko-fi.com slash FanArtLindy. And on to our Whispers tier members, who, like the survivors tier members, get 50% off in the merch store and get to join us in our Jackbox Games live streams on camera and mic. You've got Judith Morton on Instagram, Aiden Atkin, who you can reach at ko-fi.com slash Aiden Atkin, at Tyler Philip Cox on both Instagram and Twitter, at Sandy.D.Morrison on Facebook, at J13Voorhees on Instagram and Twitter, and Tashiyama on Twitter, or NewBaby420 on Instagram. That's Takira who is on here. Thank you again, and we hope to see you in the next episode discussion. And one of these days, we'll release that interview with William Bell, background actor on The Walking Dead, former savior who died a member of the Hilltop in the Whisperer War. I promise you, it'll come out at some point. (laughs) And since this episode is out a little earlier than normal, which is usually around the weekend, but now on Friday, maybe I will. And in the meantime, remember, we are Squawking Dead. Squawking Dead.